Alrighty, good morning to you. Make sure you have a copy of the scriptures there that we've printed off for you. As we continue on to 1 Peter chapter 2, 11 to 20. Living and doing, alright, living and doing, very important. Living and doing. 1 Peter is such a practical book for us to look at, a letter. So... Let's go to the Lord in prayer, ask God's blessings upon this, and then we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you now for this morning. And uh, Lord, we pray for this uh, time of study we can have. And Father, we ask now that you'd open all of our understanding that we might understand the scriptures. And now, Father, glorify yourself in all that's done. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Alrighty, 1 Peter 2, 11 to 20. As we look at this, I want you to look at the very bottom, verse 20, first of all. And it says, uh, I've got it highlighted for you, it says, this is acceptable with God. And so there's some things that might not be too good for us, but it will be acceptable with God how we handle it, how we handle it. And that's, that's very, very important of how we handle things. So let's begin now looking at this and uh, verse 11, 1 Peter 2, 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. Thank God for that. It said, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. And so that word abstain, as we look at that, talks about you controlling yourself abstained, not doing it, knowing the difference, and stopping. And so know this, that it's ever, ever so important that you abstain. That Look up the definition of it and understand what it says. One of the most important things you'll ever do is to understand the words of the Word of God. And... Uh, those definitions sometimes make stuff ever so real to you and me. That's why it's so important for us to look at them. Abstain from facially lust, which war against the soul. And so we, we have this internal fight, don't we? And uh, boy, that internal fight. We have the fleshly lust on one side of us, the flesh that's just loaded with sin, uh, which wars against the soul. And so, as he's speaking to a saved person here, hey, you know, these things war against you. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. The Holy Ghost convicts you of that sin. and But then here comes that flesh. And next thing you know, you're warring with that flesh. You're warring. The Spirit's fighting against the flesh. And there you are. Uh, It's like Paul said in Romans 7. And we have this fight. And so as we start off here, I I, I was kind of amused at the fact that he starts off with uh, this reality of the fight that goes on within us. And and then he's going to start talking about obedience. And... uh, I thought, well, that's a good way to start, isn't it? Just <laughs> let's talk about the fight going on with inside us, then 
talk about us being obedient to those on the outside of us. That's a conflict, isn't it? Well, all righty, let's look at this. So we realize right up front that we can abstain from these fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Well, the only way you'll ever have peace with yourself is to have peace with God. And that's it. There's no other way. You can try anything you want. It ain't going to work. But if you're going to have uh, peace with yourself, you're going to have to have peace with God. And that peace with God is going to come about when God gives you the strength to abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul. As long as you're fighting with yourself over something, you'll never have peace with God. And uh, that's a fact. Then it says in verse 12, 1 Peter 2.12, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. Now your conversation is talking about your behavior, your manner of life. That's the old English word for your lifestyle, your words, your behavior, all right? That's what that, like I've said before, the old English word, the definition of that when you look at it, the conversation, uh, remember, what you do speaks. You don't have to say a word. Just what you do speaks loud. And uh, that's why they use the term conversation for your behavior, because your behavior speaks loud, doesn't it? I mean, all of you are adults. You've been around people long enough to know all it takes is Somebody around you, they don't have to talk, but their actions are speaking so loud that you think, man, I need to go somewhere else or, or something. You know, we, we, they need to go somewhere else or I need to go somewhere else or right. something's going to happen here. And so we have having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> uh, he specifies the Gentiles. And, uh, you see, now wait a minute, wait a minute, stop. Just think about this. Was Peter an apostle to the Gentiles or was Paul an apostle to the Gentiles? See? Here you've got Peter who was an apostle to the Jews. And... Uh, But he's saying here that having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. In other words, Peter understands the value of your testimony amongst the heathens, the Gentiles, the non-Jews. Peter, having your conversation honest, Amongst them. So he understands. Listen to me. The value. Of your testimony. Amongst those people. That's really. Really. Really important for you and me. To have. That testimony. And so. As. Peter understands that. He says that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works 
which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. No, that's when the Lord comes back. Whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works. You know, now, listen, this little passage of Scripture is going to speak volumes to you and me. Notice what he's saying. That whereas they speak against you as evildoers, that's their first opinion of you. And there's an old saying, you got to live above the fray. Do you know what fray is? Fray's the foam on the top when you see the sea, wind, white capping, that foam that's on top of those white caps in the water, that's fray. And um, they say you got to live above the fray. And uh, I want you to see this here now. But whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works. In other words, they're talking bad about you, but you're still living right before God. You see, there's one thing. Why is it that Christian people need not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God? Why is it that Christian people need the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our life? If we're going to have victory over our emotions, we need God. We need the assistance of the Comforter. Because this is a, we can read this and say, yeah, that's the way it is. Until it happens to you. And then it's a totally different thing. Having your conversation, in other words, your behavior, your manner of life, honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evil doers, can you live right while others see you as living wrong. Can you live right so that God can use your life to speak to others? Can you live above the fray of the name evildoer? Look what it says, whereas they speak against you as evildoers. See that? They may by your good works. Oh. They're talking bad about you like two, two nasty dogs. And the word of God says, hey, live above that. Live above it. Let them see your good works. In other words, what we're looking at here is this. You and I, as saved, blood-washed, born-again, children of God, we must let the Spirit of God have more control over us than the wickedness of the people around us. Uh, These people are speaking against you as evildoers. 
It says that they may, by your good works, wow. In other words, you're not letting their ignorance control you. You're not letting their wickedness, their words. Listen, if you're sitting here and you're saved, don't let nobody describe you except God. God is the only one that can honestly describe us. Nobody else can. They, the world's going to say, well, you're stupid. You're this. You're that. You're wicked. You're evildoer. Well, that's what the world says. But God said something else. That's why we must never let somebody else dictate, dictate to us what we are. If we're living before God and living right, let's let God describe us, to us. That's it, period, done. I don't care what the world says because the word of God's already told us what the world's going to do. The Bible says you'll be hated of all men for my name's sake. Right. So why should we get upset about that? That's right. Well, the word of God's already told us that. But look what it says now. I want you to know that they may by your good works, which they shall behold, in other words, they're watching you, glorify God in the day of visitation. You see, that they may by your good works, I want you to know something, which they shall behold. In other words, they're watching you. Your testimony is worth something. Your testimony has some power to it. Your testimony, people are watching you. This first verse challenges you and me to live above the free of the world. That's so important. Listen, uh, I've been in, in people business for well over a half a century now. And there's one thing I've learned. If I listened to people, I'd be out in a parking lot barking at you like a dog right. I, I mean my goodness uh, the reality of it is this they may behold your good works which they shall behold they may buy your good works which they shall behold in other words your testimony they're watching you never forget that the lost world, the unreligious world, the lost religious people, they're watching you. And uh, notice this, that there's power in your testimony. There's power. You're doing good works. They're calling you evil. But I want you to know something. According to this verse, you're going to find it says glorify God in the day of visitation. In other words, your testimony is going to have power. Have an effect. So, live right. Do right. Even in the face of all the accusations of the world. 
Watch this now. Now, on your part and my part, for us to live above the fray, we've got to do something. We've got to submit ourselves to God. If we're going to live for God, we must be willing to die to the world. That's all there is to it. That's it. Watch this. Verse 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. See, that's the purpose of Peter writing this. Whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers or for the praise of them that do well. Well, now that's what's supposed to happen. All right, if something else is happening, well then we, we got to do something else. We can submit ourselves to the ordinances of man as long as the ordinances of man are not contrary to God. At that point, that's when we part company. But we can do that for the Lord's sake as long as it doesn't run contrary to God. Now, if you notice something, in verse 12, it requires something that's beyond you. It requires the presence of the Holy Spirit guiding you, leading you, helping you, strengthening you. And there in verse 12, that's the only way you're going to be able to live like that in a world that's talking bad about you. Then in verse 13, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. There we go again. You see, for the Lord's sake, whatever you and I do, especially for the Lord's sake, is going to require the Lord's strength in you and in me to do right, do right, even if the stars fall, do right. Amen. It's for the Lord's sake. Now, let's do this. I've, I've got a lot that I'd like to say here, but let's just drop down to verse 15 here. For so is the will of God that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. For so is the will of God that with well-doing. Now listen, it's the will of God for you and me to have the right kind of testimony in front of people of opposition. It's the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. You see, what we see here now, verse 12, then we look down at verse 13, 14, you hit verse 15, and it says that your testimony 
for God, it has the ability to do something. It has the ability to silence. It has the ability to change things. It has the ability to have an effect. Just your testimony has the ability. Look at verse 12. Which they shall behold. Glorify God in the day of visitation. Verse 15. For so is the will of God. That with well doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Listen. Your testimony has power. Your testimony has ability. Your testimony is extremely important. But to live that testimony requires something that we don't have. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit to strengthen us, to guide us, to give us wisdom as we live for God in a God-hating world. And so we find then verse 15, for so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Listen, it's the will of God for you and me to live right regardless of what the world says about us. It's the will of God for me and you to do right to bring glory and honor to God. It's the will of God for me and you to do right uh, even in a world of wrong. That's right. It's the will of God. Now watch this. The will of God has power in it. Look what it says. That ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Your testimony has the power to silence some people. And uh, that is something you, we need, don't ever forget that. Listen, what, what other people say about you and me, let them say it. But guess what? The word of God says, you live it. You live for God. And you'll find out that your life will have power over their words. Amen. Never forget that. Never, never, never forget that. Your life will have power over their words. Amen. Uh, I was listening to some sermons and stuff yesterday and this old preacher was talking about this young boy that God had saved, and he, had, he was a teenager. He, he wanted his dad saved. His dad just kept saying, no, no, no. And he kept living for God, living for God. Finally got him to church one day. The word of God was preached. He turned around and asked his dad, Dad, is God working with you at all? He said, no, no, no. He said he finally 
this didn't carry any longer. He said right in front of everybody standing in the aisle, he said, that teenage boy stepped out into the aisle, got down on his knees and prayed for his dad. They looked up at his dad with tears in his eyes and said, Dad, God's not working with you. His dad always ignored him, made fun of him. He said that day his dad reached down and picked him up, hugged him, and they both walked forward and talked to the preacher that day, and God saved his dad. You see, the teenage boy lived above all, all that his dad had said to him, all that his dad had called him, everything. Testimony has power to it. Amen. Never, never forget that. Never forget that. Watch this now. <clears throat> Let's read verse 15 and 16 since they go together according to the punctuation. For so is the will of God that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free... And not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Amen. I highlighted that for you there because if you look at that, it says, as free as the servants of God. It's an amazing thing to me that this verse says free, not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. We must understand, now look at this. We go from living for God to being the servants of God. You see that? In other words, look, now he's going to address your position and my position before God. What are we now? Look at your position. Now you are a servant of God. Man. In these other verses, we're just representing God as a child of God. But now he says, as free and not using your liberty as a cloak for maliciousness, but as the servants of God. See that? Now, folks, listen to me. <clears throat> Firemen wear uniforms. Why? It identifies them for what they are. Policemen wear uniforms. Why? It identifies them for what they are. Military people, so on and so forth. People wear uniforms and things to identify what they are. Right? That's their position. That's what they are. I want you to know... You and I, we need to put on Christ, if you please. As the servants of God, we need to be good soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. As servants of God, that's our identity right here. That's your purpose, my purpose. That's what you are. You see... When saved people realize their position 
in Christ and God, it changes everything for them. If you just want to say, well, I'm a Christian, I'm trying to fight against the world, you're missing out on a whole lot. But if you identify your position as a child of God, as a servant of God, then you'll be able to accept the guidance and the command of God. Watch this now. Verse 17. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. That's good. Honor who you can. There was a lieutenant in the military that I had zero respect for, for various reasons. And we used to have to salute and say a few words. I would always salute and say, I'm saluting the uniform. I'm saluting the uniform. I respected the uniform and the rank, but I had no respect for him. He was totally 100% unrespectable. In everything he done. Bible says honor all men. I can honor everybody. To a certain degree. So can you. We need to learn to do that. You'll find out it has an effect. There was this fellow in the military that he'd been in jail and out of jail and in jail, a lot of trouble. Had to get a waiver to get into the military. And uh, all the time I was around him, there was no conflict. Uh, He was really diligent in what he did. I could tell you some stories about that, but anyway, he was really diligent in what he did. He told me one day, he stopped and he said, say, come here. I walked over to him. I said, what? He said, I want to thank you for something. I said, okay, what? He said, I want to thank you just for treating me like you treat everybody else. I said, well, as long as you live honorable and right, you deserve to be treated honorable and right. That's right. And he just kind of smiled and thanked me and walked off. It works. Verse 18. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to good Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. Now this is a strong request. He's talking to slaves. He's talking to servants. See that? 
Be subject to your masters with all fear. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. You see, ladies and gentlemen, he was saying, this is part of your testimony. This is the lot that God has given you right now. This is where you're at. So if this is where you're at, have a testimony yes. to where you're at. Amen. I want you to know something. Uh, I knew this fellow and he worked in a horrible circumstance. He had a chance to leave that circumstance and didn't. I asked him why. He said, the only testimony for Christ and that whole crowd over there is me. And he said, I, I just can't pull myself to walk away from it. He said, I, I think my life, my testimony is more important than me running from their abuse. Do you know what happened after a while of him being there? Things started changing. Things started changing. Things started changing. That one man changed that whole group of people. He had the opportunity to run, but he didn't. You see, he knew that his testimony, if he could live above the fray, his testimony would have more power over them than what they thought they had over him. That's amazing, isn't it? Never underestimate the power of your testimony. I had a guy cussed me one time. I mean, he cussed, 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 cussed. I mean, he ran it and raised, stomped his foot. I mean, he was, he was mad he cried. And then when he finished calling me everything, I looked at him, I said, you done? He says, yeah, I'm done. I said, good. Now let me finish telling you what I was going to tell you. And he looked at me just like, I just cussed you up better than a hundred sailors could. And now you want to pick it up where you left off? He looked at me just like he was in a state of shock. So I just picked it up and kept on talking to him. And he stood right there and took it all. And I had a word of prayer with him and left. And when I got my car to leave, he was still standing in his driveway looking at me like, did this really happen? <laughs> you know? Listen, don't let Satan win. Your testimony. Look what it says here. Let me show you something before I get ahead. Verse 19. For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. In other words, those servants he's talking to right there, for this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffer wrongfully. That's exactly what that guy did that I told you about a minute ago. 
He had a conscience about the fact, I'm not leaving. That's what they're trying to do is get me to leave. Mm -hmm. But I'm not leaving. Because what bothers them is this. They think their cussing and ranting and raving bothers me. It does. But me having my testimony amongst them is stronger than their wickedness. Guess who won out in the end? He did. Verse 20. For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. This is acceptable with God. But when ye do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. Listen. <clears throat> Live so your life is acceptable with God. All right? For what glory is it when ye be buffeted for your faults? If you shall take it patiently, that's First Peter 2.20. But if when ye do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. Now listen. The importance of knowing the Word of God will allow you to handle the issues of life. That's what's so important. To know the word of God. To believe the word of God. Amen. This is acceptable with God. In other words, you're living in a circumstance where you're suffering unjustly. And you say, this ain't right. But guess what? If you do it, and you have a testimony in it, and you're living right for God, that's acceptable with God. Amen. That Look what it says, that you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. So if you know that what you're doing is acceptable with God, how much strength will that give you? How much courage will that give you? How much encouragement will that give you? If you know that you're living a lifestyle in a bad situation, and you, but you look at it and you realize, you know what? This is acceptable with God. What more would a saved child of God need? Nothing. That's why it's so important for our lifestyle. That's why it's so important for you and me to know the importance of our testimony and how we live. Remember something. You can be in a circumstance and if you're living, you can live acceptable to God in an unjust circumstance. 
Now, I want you to know something. That gives you not only purpose for living, but purpose for doing. Amen. 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 Never forget the power of your testimony. It's going to be hinged upon your knowledge of the Word of God. Amen. Let's all stand, if you would please, as we go to the Lord in prayer. And Heavenly Father, as we come to you at this time in the name of Jesus, we pray now that you just bless this to the hearts and minds of the hearers. And Lord, bless this upcoming service to your glory and honor. Use us. May the Holy Spirit be amongst us today, working in the hearts of all of us. To your glory and honor, we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Amen. Walt, would you unlock the door, please?